on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now Raw Mind Sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You want to be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition. Time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now Raw Mind Sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You want to be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition. This episode is sponsored today by Call First Class Life Insurance, where we specialize in leaving dollars and not debt for your family. We offer whole life policies with low prices that won't change. Call 704-650-8317 to schedule a consultation. They are licensed in North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, and Ohio. And use the promo code RAWMIND. Yeah, I said it. Use a promo code RAWMIND, and they will gladly assist you. Welcome to another video of All My Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. And today I got my main man, Mr. Calvin Atkins, mentor man. He's been showing me a few of the roles, giving me his raw thoughts and nice thoughts or whatever you call it. <laughs> In this media world, I'm trying to um tackle on and, and trying to conquer in some wet way. But, you know, it all starts with people who already been there and give you the tools that they have to like help you too as well. So Mr. Atkins, how you doing today, Mr. Atkins? It's an honor first and foremost to have you up here. I'm doing just fine, Ryan, and thank you for the um, the nice words that you said. Um, I want you to know that you are a lot further than I am. I have been and, and ever will be because um, your platform is so much different than mine. So congratulations on what you're doing and keep up the good work. Before we start, I'm going to announce one of my sponsors, Brandy's North Carolina. Have you tried Brandy's food truck based out of eastern North Carolina? These truckers have it all. Homemade dough and sauce, pizza, stramboli, cheesesteak, chicken subs, and more. They cater anything from birthday parties, office parties, weddings, family dinners. Check out the website, brandysnorthcarolina.com. Again, brandysnorthcarolina.com. The promo code use raw mind. I repeat, the promo code use raw mind. They should give you quite a treat. Follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 
Mr. Atkins, how you how you doing today, man? Um, I got you again. I want to go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm doing fine, Ryan. You asked me how I was doing. I was, you know, just letting you know that I'm doing fine. Um, you know, even through this pandemic, been fortunate that I have not had the the virus or anything. Um, you know, my wife had it and my mother-in-law had it, but um, other than that. They came through okay, and we're doing fine on, on this side of the river. Man, that, 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 I know we're over there out of Princeville, North Carolina, which I'm in Tarver, but at the same time, I feel like we both are together, but, you know, most time it's separate. But I love us our togetherness regards because everybody has to help this historic town. With that historic town of Princeville, with that being said, let's talk about you. How did you start being a journalist? Like, just, just like, tell the viewers, like, how did it happen for you? But it's, it, it really have a strange twist to it. Um, when I got out of service, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I started working in a factory. And after working in that factory, probably about five or six years, I was in days in. I know I didn't want to do that the rest of my life, but I didn't know what to do. But I started, I was going to Tarver High School basketball games. And I'm sorry, football games. Everywhere they went, I always, I always was there. No matter where they was at, Raleigh, Durham, Bertie, Washington, wherever they went, I always was there. And I always um, picked. I picked up a hobby of taking pictures. Matter of fact, that started way early, early when I was probably about 13 to 14 years old. So I had a 35 millimeter camera and um, somehow I, um, I saw an ad in the newspaper and it was looking for a stringer. A stringer is a person who take pictures for the newspaper for special events. And it was a sports stringer. So I applied for the position and I got it. Um, I took a couple of games, went to a couple of games and took the pictures and the sports editor said, hey man, why don't you start writing? I said, oh, no, not me. You know, I'm not, <laughs> you, know, you don't want me to write for you. And he encouraged me and he told me to go on and he would help me out. And that's how I got started. Um, I started um, sometimes, something, maybe around my 89 or 90, 1989 or 90. Mm-hmm. And around about, let me see, 93, um, I became full-time. Matter of fact, I they hired me for the photographer slash um, uh, cops and courts reporter. Mm-hmm. But in no matter what position I had in the newspaper, I always did sports. I always took pictures for sports and I always uh, went to those games and helped out for that. But again, I went from the stringer to cops and courts reporter to sports editor and my last position was the editor of that newspaper and the thing about that ryan i did all of that without a degree most of the all those jobs that i um just spoke on except for the stringer it requires um well most newspaper require you to have a degree um i did all of that without a degree and um, you know, I'm 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 proud of that. 
moment. And I'm, you know, I say that to tell people who don't have a degree that um, if you're in the right place at the right time and you do the right thing, then doors will open up for you if you don't have the necessary um, educational criteria that those jobs require you to have. Wow, that's wow. And I would say that like you were saying at the same time on that level, like you didn't have it, but you still found a way to persevere. And like, so what came through your mind, even though the person kept telling you, no, that's not me. You don't want to write it. You don't want to write anything no more. You don't not excuse me, not write anything no more. You don't want to get into the writing part of it. Just the string was kind of fine. So what eventually told you to like, you know what? I'm gonna just still try it. Like, what was that that one moment you was like, okay, I'm gonna try, it, even though I I feel like <laughs> Well, the first thing that came to my, my mind when he said he'd give me 30 extra dollars. So I said, okay. I'll try that. <laughs> you know, $30 doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when you, you already have a job and then you're making, you know, uh, $60, $70 on the side just for doing something you love, you know, that's that's pretty good money. Yeah. Yeah, and then see what I did. Um, I turned in my my um, invoice, so to speak, um, once a month. So sometimes I cover, you know, if I if in basketball season and football season, sometimes I cover enough games where I make, you know, four or five hundred dollars for that month. So again, you know, that's that's. That's, that was pretty good back then. It's pretty good right now for, you know, a job on the side, what you love doing. Right. Now, back then in the 80s, like, that's a lot of money because back in 89, 93, between 89, 93, that you said that you was going to these games and, you know, that is a lot of money back then because yeah. living was completely different. So even getting $30 extra back then is still a lot for, for what you was doing for, I guess, $30 extra. But after adding everything after month to month, then it does – Accumulated a lot, so you a big time, you a big time rolling then, man. You probably got the clean jackets and stuff back then. <laughs> See, that, that was a lot of money, so I know you was a high roller. You know, you probably had everybody trying to get your job. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. on that level, like, so, so you're telling people now, like, I, I was just listening to you earlier. And you were saying, like, sometimes it's just about your natural gift and doing something that you love, and sometimes. Some jobs may require degrees and some jobs may not. It may be all for your natural ability, your natural talent. And you say you persevered no matter what without any of that and still made a pretty good, you know, career out of it. So after you started learning, like, the, the, the concept of the journalism, like, what was it that hit you again to make you even go even further? Outside, I guess, the extra $30 or $40. <laughs> well, it, it, it just was a progression that I, that I, that I, that it took place itself anything that i'm involved in i give it a hundred percent and let the chips fall where they may i never went into this position saying i want to be the sports editor i want to be the editor i just do it did the best that i could do um and again the chips fell where they may so to speak uh, anytime you're doing anytime i do anything i like i said i try to do my very very best and when you're doing your very, very, very best, you're learning um, your craft, you're learning the system, um, you you treat people like you want to be treated, um, you understand um, 
leadership you understand the manager is the manager when the manager asks you to do something you do it yeah uh, you go places if you, if, you, if you do that man that is thinking about what you were saying i know you even had a little bit of fun because during that time frame man and, and we of course we know now tarver is still a very dominant program because of football and maybe other sports but you know back then you had guys like that was playing in the nfl you know like from 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 yancey uh, i think yes they appear although he played the southwest um then you had donald frank guys like that like before we seen the Ty girlies and and taekwon lewis's and the kobe cofields and other players like how's that experience like covering those guys or even covering guys like donald frank at the time on the nfl level to like be able to i don't know i'm pretty sure you probably covered them i don't know i'll let you tell that story to kind of tell us about that experience covering guys that you knew that was going to make it to the league. I mean, even Kevin Brown, we can even go even further, but I just kind of named that because I'm thinking that's somewhat in that time frame, you know, mm-hmm. in the NFL purpose and when you start doing what you was doing. Well, um, they they were a little bit before me, um, before I began, came, um, got into the, uh, to the journalism. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Frank probably graduated around about 84, 85, and of course, Kevin Bryan and I graduated the same time in 79. Right. And um, um, Yancey probably graduated around about 84, 85, two, somewhere around that area. I didn't get a chance to uh, cover them, but I did see Frank. I saw all three of them, Kevin Bryan, Donald Frank, and Yancey Thickpen. Um, the one time that I remember going seeing Yancey was um, Southwest played Yancey, if I'm not mistaken, um, went down Southwest and Tarboro had the lead, had the lead, they had the lead and um, with few seconds left to go in the game. And if I'm not mistaken, the only thing they had to do was like kick the ball and um, and I think they had just scored. One thing they had to do was like kick the ball real long or something like that. And the coach decided not to kick the ball long. And Southwest came and and scored and and um, won the game. I remember that yeah. game. And if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Yancey was a part of that to that team. I don't remember too much about uh, Frank now because see, on that particular team. Um, Ricky Dozier was on that team. Oh yeah, Ricky, oh, yeah. Ricky Dozier. <laughs> yeah, Will Dozier. <laughs> he he pretty much stole all the limelight. Ricky will run over you. He'll run around you. Whichever way you want it, he would do it. Um, I remember one particular um, play. He got the ball and he ran on the sideline. Seemed like it was on the right side. And it was this um, defensive back was the only person back there, him and the defensive back. Now, Rico was fast enough to go to the left, and he would have, you know, outran the guy. But he decided to go through the guy. Mm. I mean, he was landing like a pancake. <laughs> and the thing about that, it, he was so isolated that every, you know, won't no doubt about uh, mistaking that particular play because he was so you know he had ran away from the field and everybody saw that and it was like almost a pause for him because you'd be like oh man you know you you almost felt sorry for the defensive player (laughs) (laughs) and it's crazy because like donald frank went to salem state and 
Yancey would have went to Salem State. Well, Salem State was doing some big things back then, and then Ricky Dope yeah. went to Salem yeah. State. Yeah. Like, yeah. kind of interesting, like the same, the, the local area, you know, guys that do yeah. and to be there at that level. So, did they throw the ball a lot? I'm just curious at Southwest, because, you know, in this this day and age, I know at Tarver, we don't throw the ball a lot, but for him to go to the next level as a receiver, did Southwest throw the ball a lot, or did they have like a passing game to even go? No, no if you think about it, Yance, uh, and Tarver didn't throw the ball a lot. But Yancey and Frank, they were um, athletes. Uh, so they were able to prove that they can, you know, um, get a position by being by being athletic. Now, they, they passed enough for, for for the coaches to take a look at them. Mm. But as far as Tarbell throwing and Southwest throwing, I don't remember. And, you know, back then, Southwest had, if I'm not mistaken, Jerome Staten was on that particular team with Southwest, and he was a beast running back. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so, like, covering your, your time frame then, because I thought, you know, I know, I'm pretty sure you probably went to a few NFL games or whatever to see Yancey and um, maybe um, Donald Frank um, play at that level. But I already knew during that time frame, basically what you were saying, they was either graduating from college or in NFL. So now I'm going to go to your time frame, like what you saw. I know Brett was still around when you was doing what you when you started your own program and I think Chad with Turner was there and Andre Burton and mm-hmm. Jones and Andrews. Yeah. I forgot which Andrews. I want to make sure I'm not saying it right, but I knew it was an Andrew. Carlos. Carlos. Is that the one that I don't want to wish definitely about? That's the one that passed away or yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Had to make sure I had it right because I knew it was a bunch of Andrews. So um covering that thing, like out of all the high school teams you didn't coach now, I know for I'm not excuse me, not coach, then you know, did work on interviewed and kind of watched for years and years. Like the one of the biggest things I see in that Tarver group, uh, past and present is like, of course, we have multiple state championships here in Tarver, but they say always say that's the one team that they thought that should have had a state championship. Like, was that one of the best teams? I'm pretty sure it's one of the best teams, but like, how do you like, I guess, rank those teams if you want to rank? Not you don't want to, raw thoughts. Mm-hmm. But that team, like, what was that team to you, like, watching them year, I mean, week in, week out? Well, there has been so many teams that um, could be considered. Yeah. But the only way you can be considered the best if is if you win. Right. If you don't win the championship, uh, unfortunately, you, you yeah. can't even be considered. Now, there could be a category, category where say the best that never won the championship. But um, that um, that team with Carlos and Chad Turner and all those guys, um, those guys were a beast. They were fun to watch because they was throwing the ball and running. <laughs> and they was throwing them. If I'm not mistaken, Chad had probably about a thousand yard passing and uh, Carlos had 2,000, and um, I see his Faye Thomas had about a thousand yard rushing. I mean, they had a complete team, they really had. But unfortunate for me, with that particular team, see, um, we had three reporters who covered different, um, all three of the high schools mm-hmm. uh, Southwest, Northeast, and Tarver High. Now, I had Southwest. And, um, you know, Viola Harris had North Edgecombe and the sports editor, if I'm not mistaken, that was Rudy Coggin. He had, wait, I take that back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rudy Coggin 
Man, it's, 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 I've been through so many. Um, yeah. So many editors. So I'm not sure. But at one time, I had Southwest. I and um, the sports editor had Tarver High and Vowell had North Edgecombe. But when Rudy mm -hmm. Coggins got there, Rudy was a Southwest Edgecombe graduate and he took Southwest and I had Tarver High and Vowell had North Edgecombe. But there, there has been some great games out there, some, some, some what ifs, and you know, and that's going to be in their all sports. You know, at the end of the end of the day, what if they had thrown? What if they had um, made that one tackle? You know, um, it was unfortunate that Tarboro had not won a championship. Um, the, the the first championship they won was nineteen eighty four. And that, that was very, very unfortunate because uh, Tarver had some great teams, but it's the other teams that was proved to be a little bit better. But so, um, go ahead, go ahead. finish up. So, like, even, like sports and things like that, I know you always covered a lot of football. Like, like we're very like the area is like athletic. Like, is it something to say that it's just like the athleticism? Because I really think overall we're overall athletic in a lot of sports, but a lot of people from this when they look at this area, they say it's just football. Now, can you tell me? Do you think that we're pretty good at other sports in this area, or it's just like dominant football? Because when people think of the two by two in this area, Tarbside with no there's gone. The first thing that comes to mind is football. Now, of course, Tarbside has a lot of success with championships, state titles, but people only think that oh, they're just good at football. So, what is your your, your theory, your thoughts on like? other sports or are we like even better at other sports or just like football just takes all the attention well my opinion is this right here in high school athletes are athletes right you can put an athlete playing marbles and they're gonna be great at playing marbles you know and so we have if you have the great athletes like we have that's automatically no you can you automatically third round of playoff in everything. <laughs> now when you get to the fourth round and fifth round and sixth round, then you may have a little bit of competition. But the third third round in the playoff, you got great athletes. You got there's no way that you can't get there. Well, I, there should not be any way that you can get there. But unfortunately for Tarboro, um North well, North Carolina has been doing pretty good in basketball, but we, they they have not had an opportunity to reach that level in the the boys. Now Southwest, I remember Southwest. Um, they had a great team: Mandrake Lewis, Scott Thornton, um, um, what's his name, uh, Albert Taylor. Man, those oh, man, guys, hey, man, you're talking about some ball ballers. <laughs> man, I remember going to a Wilson fight game. Wilson fight, one of those Wilson team. Corey, uh, I'm bad with names, remember the names. Corey Woodard, if I'm not mistaken. And Albert Telfair had a shootout. Mm. We talking about the score was like 101 to 100 or something like that. They would go down there. No, it was Jamie Watson. Jamie Watson was the guy. 
that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. So Corey Wood, he played too with 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 um Wilson, one little Wilson team, and they had a shootout. But this particular one was Jamie Watson. The fans were going down saying, "Hot dog, Jamie! Hot dog, Jamie!" <laughs> Jamie come out half court. About two steps on half court and hit nothing but the bottom of the net. Ever <laughs> <laughs> tail fair go down there on out from Southwest and do the exact same thing. That that was a great, great team. Montrez, uh Wilson, um, what's the um Philip what's Philip last name, the twin? Philip Gorm. He was um yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a he was a he was a powerful or small for one of the two. He was injured. And if it wasn't for that injury, again, you know, what if? So oh, they, they had they had the team. Man, so like through that time frame could because I know during that time frame, you know, Tarbos was one state. That's that's twice. And in, in that era, not thinking about it, Tarboro. With the the um the football team with Chad with um yeah there was one champ one game away from the championship yeah and the basketball team riding yeah. and all those guys yeah Matt, yeah yeah Matt Hopkins and you know by Williams yeah and he those guys played on that team I, I'm I probably missing somebody but oh of course Andre Burton so I want to be deep because I know I can hear his mouth he won't let me yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah one game away from the title two then so that's like, right I forgot about them you right you right that was that was a great team too um and everybody everybody blamed the coach on it on, on 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 that game anytime the game is close like that I can't blame the coach when the when it closed but even the coach even the coach blamed himself on it after the game, he said it was his fault. But I, I can't blame the coach on, on, on that. I mean, you know, if, when you think about it throughout the whole game, uh, I'm just saying, let, let's say somebody missed an easy layup. Somebody made a careless turnover. You know, if the if the game is won by two or three points, those were the points that, that could have, you know, that, that uh, actually put them – um, behind the eight ball, so you, I can't I can't blame the coach on that. You're right, and I'm not that you might get kind of scared too. My sponsor right here, Dashika Baird Baird Realtor. Hey, I need a favor. Who do you know buying or selling real estate right now? Have them call her. I'm dead serious. Have them call her. She can really help. And yeah, it doesn't matter what state you're in in the country. She is licensed to to handle any real estate deal. In any state in North Carolina, I mean, not North Carolina, the United States of America. This realtor even helps with credit restoration if you need help to buy your dream home. You know, give her a call. Dashika Realty, 317-566-4314. 317-566-4314. And use the promo code, RAWMIND. Again, the promo code, RAWMIND. Now, Mr. Atkins, this is where I'm going at since you brought that up. And I was sitting there thinking about it because you hit me in the head. And, like, this is a raw episode, people. So he... End up talking right then about the coaches. Some people blame the coaches. This one I'm about to go at. Like it's 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 kind of it's interesting because you know a lot of people did try to say you know I heard a lot of same thing like blaming coach coach rings or whatever. I know we want to say the names. It's that third, but the me man when it comes to coaching, it's about your philosophy. You may have good players; they probably could play, but maybe they don't fit your particular philosophy as a coach. Coaching summer AAU stuff like that, and we were successful. I had to rechange my whole philosophy from what I really learned. 
to kind of cater to what they had to hide the strengths and the weaknesses because I wanted to win. Yeah, I know you want to develop, but you try to develop them, in my mind, off the court, not in game-like situations. You can teach them moments and try to develop them, but just know, like, hey, we're going to work on this after this game. This is what you need to work on just in case the situation may come up. It may not, so we won't have to go through this saga again. So when it comes to, you know, i seen Reigns have a pretty successful team. Then I know I saw Coach Brian, and I saw Coach Genius, you know, pretty successful guys. But, you know, I guess everything was different because we always get the old school guys joking, like, y'all can win this, y'all can win that. I'm not blaming Coach. I'm not blaming anyone. But I'm just saying everything is different. So, you know, when Reigns was coaching, when people look at it logically, they're saying Reigns went to the playoffs so many years, over and over and over. Some people can say he just had good talent. Well, some people may joke and say, well, y'all want talent is that we're not even looking like every coach has a different philosophy and not bad mouth for any coach because it's not about bad mouth. Everybody has a different way. So just because you don't see these two coaches take these teams to where you wanted to be or where you wanted them to be or where you thought they could be, doesn't mean that neither team was – that the teams that didn't make it wasn't good or saying the coach didn't coach. Well, you know, because people look at it like, well, we did this and we did that. Everybody has a different coach. Everything is different. Every system is different. You know, you can't. I don't think the coach would say we were just sorry. We just want to look good. I don't think that's the, the, the situation either. But I just hate the concept where people try to blame the coaches or try to blame players. And yeah, you may think in your mind they're talented, but it also comes and predicates to what system you want to run and what you want to do. Sometimes it could be players, sometimes it could be systems. I don't know. But I know when I see Reigns gets all these success that he did this and did that, people say he didn't coach. But then I also look at the years that we were playing, like we didn't get to the level or get that far in the playoffs or anywhere near that when we was playing. So I'm like, I'm not going to blame you the one because everybody has a different way of looking at it. So it's not me blaming that person or this person or blaming the team, you know, but I just don't like the concept of how, and I know it comes, it goes, and we will always be at the gym. So people are like, man, y'all with this. And they'll give you the little joke, like you were sorry, man. We, we made the playoffs with this. We made playoffs with that, you know, and they don't never look at like the era and also what situation everybody's put in. Like with my senior year, I'm thinking like we had a lot of talent, a lot of talent, and we had a lot of guys who really score. So as a coach, it's a lot of balance trying to score. play a lot of guys who can score at the same level. You got had guys like Jante Sherrod or Tion Belcher or D.D. Vines. You got guys like an athlete like Sean Drone is playing. You know, you got to figure out how you're going to put those pieces. I ain't even including myself that those guys were amazing. So I ain't even going to front. They were very good. But, you know, you got to figure out how you're going to get these guys in to do it. And I know what people look at like, these guys are bona fide scores. Like, how you can't win with this, no matter who coaching? You're like, you got D.D., Trey, and Dante. How you not being that far in the playoffs? You guys should be unstoppable. But I understand you got other players at other schools who have other talents in the same time frame. So a lot of people may blame the coach, a lot of people blame the players. But I'm going to let you kind of chime in on what your thoughts is. That was okay. Now, don't get me wrong when I said don't blame the coach. I don't blame the coach for some of the seasons. I'm talking about a game like, um, that particular game, you know, one particular game, two particular games, something like that. That's what I was talking about. But when you have a talented teams, um, something is not right somewhere. And it happened whether you're in college, high school, college, or pro. Um, you think about the pro level. Carl Malone. Brian. <laughs> Shaq. Gary Payton could not win a championship. You said Shaq? Huh? You said Shaq or you didn't say Shaq? 
Huh? You said Shaq. I must have misheard you. Yeah, Shaq was. Was Shaq on that team? Was Shaq on that team too? Oh, so they get. Oh, the Lakers team that year when they played against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, yeah. Right. Also, I think he just said he never won a championship. But no, you talking about particular. Oh yeah, they, yeah. Oh, they gotcha, that, gotcha. man. That was a great group of talent. Yeah, yeah. A great group of talented players. I mean, on paper, they should have won the championship, but they couldn't gel together to win that championship for some reason or another. So you have that type of champion. When you have that, you got to, the coaches have to be the person to gel those those players together. And if they can't gel them together, then it's, it's on that coach at, the, at that particular time because you got the individual talent. If you look at Houston, and I'm sorry, you look at the Knicks right now, they found a way to gel those three yeah, ball hog. <laughs> you could say that <laughs> together. Right. You know, Durant is not a ball hog. You could you could say, but um, he still shoots a, a you know a, a lot of a lot of shots, and they are contenders. So it, it, it's tough, and especially in high school. And I want to say this about high school: you get who you who you get. You don't go and recruit. Right. So what you have to do that system you coached last year. It's not going to work this year. You run up and down the court, what all these young people love to do is not going to work if you don't have any ball handlers. That's what I've seen with a lot of high school uh, uh, situations, a lot of high school teams. Mm -hmm. They play that, try to play that fast-paced game, and it doesn't work. Because you, yeah. when you don't have a ball handler and you don't have shooters, now that three point, we're going to say this too. That three point uh, line has ruined a lot of teams. <laughs> a lot of teams. Everybody wants to shoot the three, but I wonder why the coaches allow certain people to shoot. That is hey, you know, I'm thinking if I'm a if I'm a coach, and if a guy is shooting 15 percent from the three point line, he should never. Ever attempt the three point unless it's in practice. <laughs> like I get what you're saying from a coach's perspective. Like every season, every year is different, and that's what people hate to say it or not. That's the thing I can I actually can commend. Um, and even if you're not a Duke fan, tell you what Coach K does. Like Coach K has a different system. Area, it's not the same system. Like Royal Wind runs that transitional system year in year out. The same system. Whatever player Coach K gets. That's why I do commend him on what people like it or not. He does change his system up to kind of fit in with the players. He may have an up and down season where he run the gun. He may have a season where he may just do certain things. Then you may have a season where he might have a team that's really good on defense to kind of get turned over. So he has changed his system up. Now, that's what I, that's what I also be saying, too, sometimes. You're right when it comes to coaching. Like you say, some years teams may have a good team and they think that they can still do the same stuff because they run the system. So I, it does come a point, you know, to level, as what people say now, level up in coaching, sometimes a coach, it's okay to change the philosophy of how you think about it with certain teams and certain units. Like, I think a lot of coaches nowadays in time are stubborn to their system, you know, and they stick to it no matter what. And then that's what comes to the point, where you're, like you were saying right there, they may say, well, he can't run the system, he can't play. But the thing is, I don't think coaches understand is that, and it's not, it's not bad mouth of coaches, that at the end of the day, you may have a system. But if you're still in the same saga that you were last year, or if you ain't no state title contender year in, year out, 
I feel like it's okay sometimes to change the system. If you're still doing the same thing year year out, and you trying to That's blame right. the players, or you trying to blame yeah. somebody else, or even mad at fans because they talking, because largely what fans are saying is, and, and right, every fan can't coach. We know that every fan is not a good coach. But what they're seeing is what they see. They see yeah. what they see, and it's not yeah. right. So if you run the same system, and you're not going further further in the playoffs. If you're not getting to the state championship, we can't keep blaming the concept of talent and players. Sometimes it's okay to change your system because, trust me, if you're still in the same boat every single year, went first first round out, or you still trying to compete <laughs> in the conference and you still run the same system, then apparently that's where coaches evolve at. It's okay to learn more of the game and also coach a different way of the game. Every year is different. And I know that for myself because I knew sometimes what little stuff was happening. I had to change. But I ain't on nobody's. I mean, and we know we have a system there in high school where, like, we live here. Like, prep school maybe a little different. Different states a little bit different. But you have to, like, work in the school system to be a head coach. It's a lot of coaches who probably do want to coach. And it's not taking away from any coach on the high school level. But it's a structured thing of a level, like, where you got to work for the school to be here. Like some of these yeah. coaches get hired, some of these coaches in college may get hired, but may not work at the school, but they're hired based on what they can do. I know in the state of New York, I rested so dense to Loach. Junior's always told me, he was like, Man, they never had the person that worked at the school was the coach. It was a coach, could you win? Give me your strategy, what it is. We hire you from that level, not because you in the school system, but we try to work with what you can win with because but then again, this is North Carolina's Tarboro or the two by two area, it does work a little different because prep schools you can go recruit. Academies, you can go recruit, but you know, when you're in the public school system, it's wherever you live at and where you're at. So, my thing is, if you keep running the same thing to me in my mind, and I might be wrong, and it ain't working, and you still in the same boat, you ain't got a state title, you ain't got state titles on your on your plate, on your resume, it does come a time where it's okay to change. I'm not saying that you got to change everything, but it comes a time where you got to say, This may be this, this may be that. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. I ain't saying being leaning on players and not being a great mentor or role model, but I'm just saying the philosophy, the strategy on how you win is what it is. But you go ahead and them as acts. Mm -hmm. so long. Yeah. And see, that that's the difference between high, high school, college, and pro. When a college and a pro, um, what you call these, they're, they're, um, the head people above the coaches, athletic directors and chancellor and all those for the college and the owner for the pro, when they see those system is not working. <laughs> You're going out the door quick. <laughs> happen, right? <laughs> they get they get they get rid of the whole system. They're not gonna keep right on allowing you to play that system. That system not working, so we're gonna bring right. in a new coach. So he gonna bring in a, he gonna bring in a brand new system. Where in high school it doesn't work that way, you know. It, you know, you just and unfortunately for the high school, one reason it doesn't work that way. Well, one thing about the high school, one reason why the system doesn't work for every team that you coach because you get you you repeatedly getting different players. Right. You don't know what you're gonna get next year. Now, if you got a superstar that maybe, you know, in his sophomore year, you could build around him or her and, you know, put pieces around him to fit your system. But if you don't have that great superstar and you're trying to do what you did 
yeah. with that superstar you had the other year, and you expect yeah. this mediocre player to, to play like he like that superstar, it's not gonna work. And that's one of the problems that we have um, in high school sports, because, like you said, we just run that system. Now there is some exception to the rules, and that is Tarboro football. <laughs> you better run the yeah. You right. better run the Tarboro T in Tarboro, and we, yeah, it's fortunate that we have the running backs and the line to be able to do that. Um, at one time, it, 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 we 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 between um, ninety eight and what uh, two thousand and twelve, two thousand thirteen. The system. I mean, we were looking kind of weak, you know. You know, everything was kind of weak. We had a couple of good seasons between that, but then when um, Craddock came along and he. Enforce that tarpa T and winning. One thing about high school too, winning develop a different type of culture. Um, some of the disrespect that some of the coaches would get when they lose, they can't. They won't give that same. They won't get that same respect when they win it. The high school coaches and the parents and all those respect them to a higher level. Now I can say this, and I and I don't. I don't. I don't um I don't I don't I don't I would not regret saying this. Credit doesn't get the credit that he deserved right. in Tarver High School football. And one thing right. they say was, oh. hey, he got the talent he should win. <laughs> no. That's crazy. That that is crazy. <laughs> he ain't lie himself, like not in a bad way. He wasn't like downplaying the players, but he was saying like a lot of teams that are truly talented around here that have sometimes some years have better players he just one thing i noticed about crowd up people buy into what he's saying they actually listen like sometimes you got to have that mental mindset to attract or bring in or have a the mindset for a player to listen we have championships or if you have the ability to control the audience like that's a, a, a mechanism that a lot of coaches don't have like you can have it. You can control the audience and they believe into what you're saying. I don't care if they say we're going to all just go down to the football field. We're going to jump off the top bleacher. If you can still control them on a psyche level and still they buy in and they seeing it, you pretty much got what you need to help you take yourself to another level. And that's why he doesn't never discredit people. But when and two, he may, he'll tell you himself he don't know all the answers, but he knows how to be a leader. He knows how to understand the crowd he can always put mm -hmm. people and coaches in place that really know the, the system and know what to do but my ability his, his ability, his ability, his ability to, to understand leadership but also knowing i can take the pressure off of others because they may not want to be in that spotlight I, i'm cool with that but i also know what it feels like to it's like running the business it's like i know how to manage i know how to be a great owner or a manager or a supervisor but you know i but i also know i don't know this work and that work but i also know how to figure out how to create solutions to accomplish the greatest goal and i think that's where his niche is really at like his ability to turn the room turn heads regardless if you like it or not if you can turn heads or if you get somebody to stand up and listen and you if you can get people's undivided attention then you you doing a that's that's 90 percent of it mm -hmm. the athleticism and the ability to play is mm -hmm. but if you can get attentions 
and yeah. get people to buy into what you're doing and stand up. It's almost like a pastor and a preacher. Well, you know, preaching the word. You know, if you can get people to stand up and come yeah. to your church every Sunday, you got the ability to change mindsets right then instantly. And I think that's his greatest gift, his ability to understand the leadership role without knowing everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what he does. You and what winning a winning culture will allow uh, any coach to do that because if there's there will always be some bad apples in the bunch somewhere, and that bad apple would not be as contagious as it is as it would be if they were losing. Cause that bad apple doesn't always don't right. doesn't just be on that court. That right. bad apple be on the, in the stands too, and you know they be all over. You know, and if he's not winning, that coach is right. not winning. He gonna hear it. He's gonna right. hear it every which way. And then when he when that coach get out there on the field, uh, in a tight game, and you got them bad apples on the court and out there in the, in the stand. Greater doubt, no matter what he does, if he doesn't win, right. then it's going to be a problem. But what Coach Credit did, he after winning all those championships and just uh, going to those uh, championship games that he did did go to, um, he had developed a winning culture, and majority of the fans respect him. And I'm willing to bet you. Um, not, at least I would say 95% of his players that played against him would give him a rave review um, right now. That, that, that would be my guess. But, you know, um, when, he doesn't, when he doesn't win, you know, they say, <laughs> oh, man, he can't coach. <laughs> Sometimes the team on the other side is better. That, that's how it is. And think about this too, Ryan. Winning teams, the winning cultures, what it does, the only thing it needs to do is just stay around long enough in that game. And that person, that team that doesn't win and doesn't know how to win and haven't been to a state championship, that winning team just wait for them to make one mistake. That's all it takes, right. one mistake. With one mistake, touchdown, right. or jump shot. Look at Jordan, how he – Put the dagger on so many of his um, Michael Jordan, that is, so many of his um, um, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewan, and Carl Malone, and all those. Those guys was right there, but they didn't have developed that winning culture. And Jordan yeah. them just stayed around. And that's what that's what um, Tarver High football team is. That you, you you don't want them. To, you need to blow when you get a team like Tarver High. You got to blow them out. If you don't get no stops, then you pretty much it's just like they're controlling the game then because run it's gonna be the clock running down. So you gotta be up three touchdowns or something like that, but then force them to do something they don't want to do. And I get it because you know Tarba always knows how to control the game and, and yeah. control it on that level. And that's why I was saying, like it's hard, like you were saying with the bad apples and stuff, like to it's a balance being the head coach, and I'm pretty sure a lot of coaches don't want to get rid of certain players and this, that, or whatever, but it's a balance, and you got to understand the best for the overall team. And I think a lot of people take that personal. But, like, I don't take it, you know, personal, but I understand parents on the level, like, I'm trying to get my kids to the next level. You know, I may need this and need that. I don't know what may be happening when kids go off, so I can't even speak on that. 
but I do understand, like, yeah, you want them there. But at the same time, it's a lot going into being a coach, parent. You know, even with him having other kids of his own family, you know, and he's been winning, and like the expectations are high. I don't think people understand how that that position he has is not easy in Tarboro. The reason why, because Tarboro used to winning, and everybody, their mamas, grandma, grandchildren, kids, expect nothing but winning. You come in there, you want to, you start losing, they gonna fry you. Then you'll be, I can't handle this, I can't handle that. Everybody <laughs> can't handle that. You know, yeah. I don't know yeah. how that man felt when he went home. You yeah. don't know what that man did when he went home to his wife. You don't know if he was fine or whatever. Yeah. They couldn't show you in public yeah. because he got to keep his business professional reputation on to show what it is. He can't just fall and, and, and falter. You know, we don't know how that feels. Go ahead. You about to ask something. Yeah, one yeah, one other thing. We talking about going to the next level. I think that is a very important topic to go to, especially in high school, because everybody, parents and their uncles, not everybody, many of these students, parents, uncle, sister, brothers, and cousins, and some of the fans, they think that their student athlete is good enough to go to the next level. Now if they are good enough to go to the next level, the coach don't have anything to do with it. Now, if he's good, if he's good enough to go to the next level and he's not playing him, then that that could be uh, the coach's fault. But apparently, the coach doesn't see anything in him to play him for whatever reason. And that happens sometimes. That happens. But I, I see so many. Um, I heard so many times that since Tarbert won. X number of championship, they should have more people mm. going to the next level. Well, mm. if you go and look at the record, and I don't have it, I had it one time before. How many Tarboro players since um, 2012 had played in college? You'll be surprised at how many the number of those players. And what you also be surprised at is how many did did not play mm. their full year. So these good guys that is good in high school, it takes something very, very special to be good at the next level. Not only in the, I'm not just talking about the division one, I'm talking about division two, division three, because you got a lot of talented people, a lot of talented athletes, even in the three mm. and two A divisions. Like it is a lot of time, even on that level. Like, I don't know, like, even if you feel on your level that the coach may not be doing that, and a lot of parents, you know, on that level, isn't that just don't take it personal with the coach. What you need to do for yourself is if you feel that way, you feel like he's that talented, how about you take time out your busy schedule if you want this to happen? Because the coach only there for practice, head coach, like, practice, um, during the season, but like, those coaches, you know, some coaches do help. But that's the stuff that you're asking is like individual training. Like you want a trainer all year round. Like he's not gonna do that. I don't think no coach can be able to do that. You know, no coach gonna really do that. I mean, they'll say, get ready. They'll probably tell you. I even heard Gainey on a podcast the other day. Um, Coach Gainey at Rocky Mountain. He said during the season, yeah, they practice, practice, practice. He said, yeah, I tell my kids play AAU. He said, a lot of people don't like it. I tell them to go get a trainer. He said because I can't mentally focus on that individual player after the season all the time. I have other stuff and also trying to prepare for school. Being an AD and 
you know, during the season, it's easy because everything already structured in place for you. But now you're asking to set this date, set this date, set this date, set this date to help that. It's going to be hard to do that. So what I'm saying on the level is like, if you feel that way, and it's not personal, we got to stop taking stuff so much personal when we disagree with people. Like, it's okay to disagree. It's 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 okay to agree to disagree. And what I'm saying is like, if you feel that way, how about you parents or whatever you feel a certain way? Because, like, Crowder ain't giving no money to send individual players there. Well, he don't have it. I mean, the other girls ain't got that. So how about you <laughs> raise your money, whatever you're going to do, if you feel that way, send your kids to training. Send your kids to football camps. Send your kids on your own to figure out what else is needed. Give that extra help. I feel like it takes a village. Not just the coach. I feel like it takes a village. So if we as a community feels that some of these players need more assistance or they need to get viewed or need to get exposure, and you know Tarver plays a certain um certain schedule and they also get ready to the state championship. How about our community come together and, and do things to help these players get to level? If you really feel genuine about it, like if you really feel that that much fire in your body to help, figure out camps that they go to, figure out this, what may cost. These camps not free. Like these camps are like you can't right. him to do that That's and right. see guys and, right. and stuff like that when he don't even have enough money in his own budget to even get the football team to go to some, some of these camps like that the school budget is not even that big so what i'm saying is on that level is like if you feel that way as a parent figure out some camps figure out some things on your own time they kind of get your kid exposed i think ty did that before i, I want to say sean did it somewhat sometime so it wasn't just the the high school that, that, that was doing it, you know, Sean went on his own, went to a few camps on his own. Like it was about investing in your child, investing in yourself. It's it's easy for you to go blame the coach, but what are you doing to help the player? Well, if you are a parent or you're a mentor, what are you individually doing to help this player get to the next level? We can't put all the blame on one person. Mm-hmm. Playing, let's 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 create a right. village, let's create a community or a level to where everybody can help all these kids and let's try to figure something out. Instead of just trying to figure That's out right. this stuff, is, we live in a capitalist country, Mr. Atkins, and everything ain't that free. You That's can talk right. all you want until they, until they right. get to talking, they tell you all this That's stuff right. about training, what we can do, what we can do. Oh, yeah, that's great, that's great. But here's what it's gonna cost. Well, get back with you and get back with you, man. Yeah. I ain't coming back. Yeah. So, <laughs> but go ahead, Mr. that's right. <laughs> yeah, and you speaking of LaShawn, to my LaShawn, I mean, Sean Drone, his situation is very, very interesting. Deshaun, um, his senior year, he was the punter. He was he ran the ball back. He was a quarterback. He was a running back. He did everything. Unfortunate right. on a bad team. Right. Won't nobody looking at Sean Drone. Right. Nobody. But his right. parents believe that he had the athletic ability to go farther. He went to a camp in North Carolina, Tar Heels, and they um, gave him a scholarship yeah, right on the spot. That's right. And and check this out. And check this out. So he goes down and he's he's playing defensive back, you know. Say, so, okay, I'll be a defensive back, you know. He ran the ball and, and um, defensive back, and um, I think maybe his second year there, mm. the coach was fired, and he didn't know what to do. You know, he didn't know what type of playing time he was gonna get or anything like that. He goes 
to the new coach office with the old high school um, DVD. Well, take whatever, whether DVD take whatever you went there and say, hey, I want to try a running back. Look at me. He showed him the running back tape and the guy said, yeah, you can run. Let me give you a try. So, see, he had the talent to prove that he was capable of doing what he, he, was, he, was, he was able to do. You just can't sit back and say, hey, my son going to be able to play uh, on the 1A, 2A, 3A level and not even present yourself in that, in that manner. Get a, get a coach uh, opportunity to, uh, uh, to, to even say yes to you. You know what I'm saying? So uh, his parents did what they what they needed to do, and um, the, Sean did what he needed to do because not only did he just give him the tape, he proved that he wanted to do, he wanted to be the running back, and what he earned from that was um, a trip to the NFL. And you know, unfortunate for I really believe in, in I really believe that if he was given enough uh, repetition when he was playing with all, all the team, all the teams that he played for the NFL, he would have uh, did a lot better than uh, – he would have more success than he did. Now, I still consider his career a success because, you know, he went to three or four teams right. and he lived out his dream. Right. And, um, I, I'm so proud yeah. of Sean Drone for that. And before we all, uh, what is something you want to tell future journalists, people doing this podcast and this stuff like this that you have seen from back then to now that's probably that sparked your brain in a way? Well, it's, it's so different now. Um, you know, journalists, when I came in, you know, there no such thing as a podcast and Facebook and all that stuff. So you got an opportunity to um, grow. You got an opportunity to spread and out and get more information out there. Um, you got an opportunity to get this firsthand information, this, to get everything almost right. Called Google is right at your right at your fingertip. I mean, you can Google almost anything right now. You can Google who was the I mean, who is the um, who had to score the most touchdown in high school uh, in in North Carolina. If I'm not mistaken, is Ricky Doja had seven touchdowns in in high school. So you get all that information right off right off hand, and you can make that podcast more interesting. Your audience could be more engaged, make you look more more smarter. Now, what they used to, what they you know, the big guy ESPN and all those, what they used to do, they had these people used to. I don't know, I don't know how they used to do it, but they used to have already have that information. But now, the person who is actually doing the podcast, he or she can look at that stuff. And once you look at it yourself, the more knowledge you have uh, to retaining it. If somebody else look it up, you know, you may not retain it as much. But it's been fun, you know, uh, being a journalist has been fun. I love sports, but um, my most satisfying career as a journalist is doing the actually uh, news being able to go to um, people homes 
and do some of the good feature stories, um, um, doing feature stories on, you know, someone who I'm just throwing some out, yeah. won the lottery or, or somebody yeah. who Carl, you know, saved our lives and stuff like that. Um, you know, so unfortunate. I also did some sad stories, you know, people killed in accidents and burned in cars. But this is something that people want to read. And so journalism is important, whether it be sports or hard news or whatever. So what you're doing is very important. So keep up the good work. Um, I admire you for what you're doing. Um, you know, the torch has oh, been yeah. passed over to you. So oh, yeah. run with it. Take it far, far, far as you can. Your advice, I'll take that because I know you've been here, so and that means a whole lot to me for the hit the device and the constant conversations that we have, and that that generally keeps me going. And I definitely appreciate everything you do for me, Mr. Atkins. And with that being said, you guys have a great day, great night, great morning, whatever time you're listening to this Raw Mind Sports podcast. This episode today is brought to you by Casey King, is a registered dental hygienist that has a product that she uses herself and recommends to her patients daily. It is a whitening toothpaste that contains no bleach or peroxide, so it won't make your teeth sensitive like other whitening products. It's also more affordable than white strips and prescription bleaching products. Safe use for teens with braces and kids. Ages two plus, just replace regular toothpaste and brush two times a day like usual. There is no extra steps or messy trays involved. You already brushing anyway. Why not have a pain-free white smile while you're at it? Contact Casey King, registered dental hygienist on Facebook, and mention this podcast for a ten percent discount. And use the promo code Raw Mind. Yeah, I said it. A ten percent discount on this product by using the promo code Raw Mind. And check out other health and beauty products on her Facebook VIP page, Casey's Bright Smiles, and more.